So tonight, I am minus, I'm minus my better half. She's not here tonight. So it'll just be me. She's actually going to be teaching with me, the young adults, some of the stuff we've been talking to you guys about on Thursday night. And so it was just a bit much for her to be here tonight too. So it'll just be me. But I wanted to recap a little bit about where we've been to lead us into where we're going tonight. And hopefully this is really helpful stuff for you. Um, I tried to do you guys a favor and help the guys really get this stuff. Because if they can get it, it will really help you as well. So here's, uh, here's kind of where we started, okay? Just as, again, it's been like we've had a week break. A bunch of stuff leaves our brain when we're on break. So let me get some of it back in. We talked about what the point of relationships were, like why they exist. Why are there all these um, stories and movies and, and these desires even just in us of wanting to be with someone um, and this, these fairy tale weddings and things like that. Why is that a thing? And we talked about Adam and Eve, the very first creation of, of marriage and a relationship, why that exists and how it ultimately is for us to know and serve God. Like that's why God created Eve was because he saw Adam was alone trying to do this thing that God created him to do. And it could be much better if he had a partner, a companion, somebody to do that with him. And so to know God, to serve God is the whole point of a relationship. Then we talked about the next week, who to look for. So it's like, okay, cool. That's the point of relationships. I want to do that. I want to know God. I want to serve God. And I want to find someone that's going to help me do that even better. And I, now I need to look for who that person's going to be. Who's that partner going to be? Who's that companion going to be? And we went through a lot of things to look for, some things that hopefully were helpful to you, the top of which was not, is he hot? Um, it, was, it was a lot of other things like his character, is he truthful, um, integrity, all these different things. And then yes, attractiveness is a part of that, but it's more like bottom of the list kind of stuff, but it, it, sh- you know, it's, it should be there. You shouldn't be repulsed by the guy. Um, and hopefully those things helped you in figuring out who maybe to date down the road, whenever you date. Now, tonight, what we're going to talk about is how to date. So once you've found somebody you feel like might be a good fit, you're maybe going to enter into this dating-type relationship. What does that look like? Well, this is still the caveat that middle school is not the time to do this. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You're not really going to figure out who you're going to marry in middle school. Has it happened before? Yes, it's happened before. Is it the approach you probably want to take? Is it the best approach? No, it isn't. There's so much changing for you and the person you potentially want to date in middle school. It just doesn't make a ton of sense. So dating specifically is this process that we're using to figure out who we're going to marry. And you just can't figure that out in middle school. So I'm giving you these things, these tips, these principles to help you whenever that becomes a reality for you whenever you start to date now reality is that could happen for you guys whenever you your family whoever chooses for that to happen I'm just encouraging you to not do it in middle school but that's that's your call so let me pray for us then we're going to jump right into it okay here we go God thank you so much for all of these ladies I just pray for each one of them um, that they would be able to hear the things that we're going to talk about right now and that it wouldn't just be me talking, it wouldn't just be my opinions or my, my thoughts, God, but it would be what you say about these things and what you have to say to them about these things. And you would just plant these ideas and these truths in their heads and their hearts, and it would be something that really helps them to know you better 
and to approach the whole area of relationships with the healthiest possible approach so that they can experience the best relationships possible in the future. And so, God, I pray this. Excited to see what you're going to do tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So here's what I got for you. I got seven principles for dating. Okay? Seven. And there could be more, but we're just going to narrow it down to seven, and hopefully these are helpful for you. And the very first one is this. To approach dating prayerfully. What do I mean by that? Well, I literally mean like pray about it. <laughs> I pray about God. Like, should I date this guy? Like, is this the guy that you want me to date? But not only that, pray about if you're wanting to even date and get into a relationship for the right reason. Because so much of dating gets initiated out of fear. Like you're afraid of being alone. You're afraid you're going to be single the rest of your life. You're afraid someone's going to reject you. You're afraid someone's not going to love you for who you are. Right? These are some of the fears we have. So we're like, oh, I want to get in a relationship really quick so someone can affirm that I am not a loser. And that is not the right way to go into a relationship. Because is that person really going to ever be able to do that for you ever? No. The only one that can do that for you is Jesus. And so prayerfully go into dating. Know who you are, who God made you to be. And when you do that, you're setting that relationship up for way more success than you trying to find some kind of validation in the elimination of fear from this person that you're looking to get into a relationship with. Let me give you this verse because it's awesome and it applies to way more than just a relationship, but it's great for relationships too. It's 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God cares for you more than any boy, any guy ever will. Remember that forever, because it's going to be great for you to remember when a guy's acting like a jerk. Um, so cast your anxiety on him, and he cares for you, so you can trust him. And he'll wipe out all that fear that you've got going into a relationship, and the, the desire to want to find your identity in a guy or a relationship, because that's not where your identity is found. All right, number two principle is to go into it with clarity. Okay, what do I mean by clarity? Okay, so you might have already experienced this, or maybe you've seen this in a movie, or read this in a book, or something like that, but I experienced this, where you, you feel like, you know, there's maybe a spark between you and somebody else, you know? You're like, there's interest there, either from you or from them, and so you have kind of some, not necessarily awkward interactions, but but there's just something different about when you guys interact. And one of you says something like, hey, we should hang out. And the other one's like, yeah, we should hang out. We should go to the movies. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And then you show up, right, to the movies. And what you're thinking is, hey, this is a date. We're going to the movies. I said we should hang out. That is totally code for we should date. And going to the movies is most definitely a date type activity. You show up. He's there with five of his best buddies. And you're like, oh, dang, this isn't a date. (laughs) And you feel pretty silly. Um, Why did that happen? There was no clarity. Like no one was clear in that situation. Now, I'm going to say something that I do not want you to take this sexist at all. And if you take it that way, and if you're like, what does that mean? That means I'm not saying one gender is better than the other. But I would say most of the onus on this clarity piece needs to fall with the guys. 
They need to initiate with you and be clear what their intention is with you. Not the other way around, but at the same time, you should be clear too. Like, don't be all vague and like mysterious. Um, Like, it's helpful for them to know what you're thinking. So if you... If, if you have a, a particular interest in a guy and you say something like you, you know, let's talk on the phone or let's go on a date or whatever, like be, just be clear with them because sometimes guys don't pick up on the hints. OK, so so help them out in that way. But at the same time, if they're not brave enough to jump up to you and like be clear with you and ask you out on a date. I mean, it's up to you on if that's the kind of guy you want to date or not. But I would say you might want to wait on the guy to be at least bold enough to talk to you and to be kind of clear with you about what he is thinking when he says, hey, let's go to the movies. And, and you feel the freedom to ask questions. Like, don't just roll with it. Like, oh, yeah, we should totally do that. That'd be cool. All right, I'll see you there. And then you show up and then you feel dumb because you thought something different. You could be like, why do you want to go to the movies? Dude, you will make him sweat if you ask that question. Like, we should go to the movies. Why? Uh, because I like popcorn. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'll be back. Um, you'll make him think about it because he won't be ready for that. Like, he needs to be ready to say, because I like you and I'd like to get to know you better. That's not hard to say, but it's hard for them to say sometimes. And I say they, it's hard for us, like. Guys, in general, it can be hard to say. So ask questions if you need to ask questions. Get clarity on what their intention is. Get clarity on what they're thinking. Get clarity on what they're feeling. Give them clarity on what you're thinking and what you're feeling. Clarity is a good thing. It's an amazing thing. Because at the end of the day, it's you being truthful and it's you being honest. And when it's constantly like signs and like just feelings and like trying to figure each other out without actually saying anything... That's super stressful and confusing. Now, does that mean you say every single thing that pops in your head? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when it comes to your intentions and your thoughts and what you're hoping to accomplish in this relationship, that's the stuff you need to be clear about. Okay? So let me read you this. Proverbs 24, 26. An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Like you being honest in the relationship and them being honest with you is is one of the best forms of affection you can show for one another. Being truthful, being honest, being upfront with each other. And if it starts out not very honest and upfront and not very clear, odds are it might stay that way. If you're like, I never know what he's thinking, he never says anything, I just don't know, I ask questions and I just get, oh. Like, he doesn't give me many answers, it's just like okay and good and one word answers. You can't go into a relationship thinking you're going to fix someone or change someone. So if that's what you're getting, you might continue to get that. And if you don't like that, you might want to break up with them and not keep going on dates with them. But clarity is going to be huge. It's going to really help you out. All right. Number three, autonomy, which is like a weird, it's not anatomy. It's autonomy. And autonomy means understanding who you are in the stage of dating. Okay, so let me paint you a picture, all right? So before you're in any kind of relationship, you're kind of in the sphere, the status known as single, right? The single status. So a lot of our goal is, you know what? I want to move on from this stage, this sphere and status to this new status, which is in a relationship. I have a boyfriend or girlfriend, right? That's, 
That's where we're going. We're, I want to be. I want to have a boyfriend. This is where I want to be. Relationship status. And then there's this whole other sphere over here, which feels like it's maybe forever away, which is marriage, husband, wife, till death do us part, all that stuff, right? So those three kind of distinct spheres we've got. And then we've got kind of this like little mini bubble in between the dating and the marriage, which is engagement, right? And that's kind of a, it's similar to dating, but it's a little more intense somehow. I don't know. Um, so those are kind of the general status of relationships that we've got, right? Let me, let me uh, tell you something that to me is super eye-opening and helpful when it comes to dating is realizing that all of that is not necessarily represented in the Bible. It's not something that God necessarily set up. So why is that helpful? Well, if God set everything up, he made you and he made me, the way that we would probably want to progress through a relationship is the way that he set it up, not the way we think it should be. Would you agree with that? I mean, it's probably the best way to do it is what he says, not what we think. So here's the spheres and the status that God has set up and that we read in the Bible where it's like, this is how you're meant to interact when you're in this sphere. And then this is how you're meant to interact in this sphere and and. Hopefully this brings a little bit of clarity to you, okay? So there is the single kind of status where you're not married to anyone, right? And when we're in that status, this is how we're meant to treat each other. It's uh, 1 Timothy. um, 1 Timothy 5, verses 1 through 2. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. So we have this picture set up and painted for us that when we are single, we are not married to any, any, anybody else. The way we're meant to interact with each other is kind of like family. Brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers. God made all of us. When we come to know Jesus, we're called his children. And so if we're interacting with each other, we're not married. We're brothers and sisters. This is what the Bible says. This makes sense. Okay, cool. So I'm in this status. The way I'm meant to interact with each other is as a brother and sister. So with that kind of love and service and attitude and respect, like those are the ways I'm meant to interact with you. The only other sphere and status that we see in the Bible is the sphere and status of of marriage. So here's what that means. The sphere of dating is something that our culture has created and doesn't really exist as far as the way God designed relationships. Does that mean dating doesn't exist? That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, God never said, okay, you act this way when you're single, and then when you're dating, now you can act this different way with the people that you're dating. And then when you're married, then you act this different way with them. That's, that is imaginary. That doesn't actually exist. We created that. So what happens in this dating sphere is stuff we just decided to put in there. Like We're like, oh, well, I like this stuff from the marriage sphere, so I'm going to put that in here. But this stuff, this friendship stuff from the single sphere is pretty cool too, so I'm going to put that in here. So it turns into this like hodgepodge of things that's okay in your relationship to do, to say, and to interact with each other with. And it's just not biblical. Like, it's not accurate. And that gets really confusing and muddy the more serious the relationship gets because then you start taking more and more things out of the marriage status and the way you're meant to interact and you put it in there. And then if that relationship doesn't make it and you break up, it's devastating. It wrecks you. It hurts you. It hurts both of you. And why does it do that so badly? Because you were doing things and interacting in ways you were never meant to interact. You were meant to treat each other like a brother and sister. 
but yet you were treating each other like a husband and wife. And that wasn't what you were supposed to be doing. That wasn't the point. You had never committed till death do you part. And so you shouldn't have given your heart away like that. And so that's why it hurts so bad. Does that make sense? So autonomy is really you figuring out that there's just these two status when it comes to God and, and the way he set up relationships. And dating is a thing, but it's a thing as far as a process. It's not a destination. It's not like a place you're trying to get to. I want to get to where I'm, I'm, a, I'm a girlfriend. That's my goal. Once I get to being a girlfriend, I'm going to get really good at that. I'm going to be a girlfriend for a while. It's going to be really cool. And then eventually, maybe one day I'll be a wife. Um, that's, not how, that's not the view. That's not the way to think about it. The way to think about it is, I am a brother and sister. All these people, potentially there's one I'm supposed to marry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look for someone maybe that might be my partner, my companion. I don't have to have them. All I need really is Jesus. But if I find somebody that is running after Jesus as hard as I am and... and it seems like maybe we could be great partners in following after him. Maybe we start to get to know each other. And we start to walk through this thing called dating, which is really just getting to know each other to figure out if marriage is the thing you need to do, is the next step for you guys. And if it's not, then you part. And you're still brother and sister. like You're still friends. And it's not messy. And it's not hurtful. And it's all good. Um, but when that gets all confusing is when it doesn't happen that way. When you stop and you're not continuing to pursue Jesus and you're not continuing to pursue if this is the person I'm supposed to marry, and you just kind of sit in boyfriend and girlfriend forever. And you, you give each other these permissions and, and you start to give each other parts of your heart that weren't ever meant to be given away to anybody but your husband and your wife. And it gets super messy and hurtful and harmful. And it's not what God designed. So let me read you this. And then I'll move on to the next tip for us. Um, well, I already read that. So next principle for us is purity. And it's really set up really well by that figuring out this, these stages and statuses here. Purity is going to be a huge thing to enable you to guard your heart, to enable you to keep yourself from giving more of yourself away to this person you're in a dating relationship to that was only meant for your husband. So let me read you this. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20. It says, flee from sexual immorality. What is sexual immorality? This is a phrase we see in the Bible a lot. It's anything that's sexual outside of the confines of marriage. That's sexual immorality. It's sexual sin. Okay? It says, all other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So every part of us is meant to be for God. It was made by God. It was made for us to know God and to serve God, right? That was the whole point of relationships. So if that's true, that means that our physical bodies God's given us, they're also for God. And so we're meant to honor Him with our bodies as well. And for us to have any kind of a a physical side of our relationship that's in this dating sphere, we're not honoring God with our bodies. We're not honoring God with purity in those situations that honestly, it's going to hurt us. Like it's not just so there's a rule, you know, you guys shouldn't be physical with your boyfriends or whatever. That's not the, it's not like this is just a rule to have a rule. It's to protect you and it's to enable you to save your heart and those feelings and those things for your husband. 
because that's who they were meant for in the first place. But more than that, more than your husband, all of that is for God. Like God gave us everything we have. And so everything we have is ultimately for him. And so remembering the fact that God is literally in us and with us everywhere we go is a, is a nice, helpful uh, guardrail for us to remember and to know that the person we're with was also made by God in the image of God. God loves them. And so when we remember those things, it, it, it really is helpful for us to be able to guard purity and have that be a high standard for us and something we carry into dating. All right, next principle is we want to go into dating graciously. So here's, there's kind of a, a few things wrapped up in this, okay? So in Ephesians 5, uh, where the, the church is being talked to about how we're meant to interact with each other and help each other, make each other better in following after Jesus. So in a dating relationship, the same goal applies. Because again, when we're dating, we're, we're less husband and wife and more... Perfect. Y'all are getting it, brother and sister. So... If that's the case, that means we should be making each other better when we hang out with each other, not worse. We should be making each other better. So as you're hanging out with each other, that hopefully is happening, and you're getting to know this person, you're having real honest conversations, and as you get to know them, you're able to be made better by them. Now, whether that ends in marriage or not isn't necessarily the point, but it is that you're being yourself and being who God made you to be when you're with them. So there becomes this balance when you're trying to get to know somebody that, that starts to happen. Like initially, you want to put your best foot forward, right? And you want to impress them. You want them to like you. You want them to think you're really awesome. That's just kind of the, everyone's goal in the first few dates is to do that. And that's not necessarily bad. And you should put your best foot forward. You don't need to just roll up on your first date and just like, burp and pass gas in front of the dude like crazy just because that's just kind of how you roll um that it's not the best first impression like that's just and if that's how you are and that's what you want to do okay great but um odds are you might not have a second or third date um and it's not because you're being fake because you do want to be yourself and be real but you also don't want to be disrespectful so if god made all of us and he made us in his image. And when we know Jesus, we're his kids. That, that means that your dad is God. And it also means he's, a, he's the king of kings. So your dad is royalty, making you royalty, making you a princess, which is how he should treat you. But it's also how you should treat him. He's also a prince. Like That is kind of the respect you're meant to have with each other. Like You're meant to be respectful to each other in that way. Now... I don't mean like you should be curtsying and like he, he should be kissing your ring and all this weird stuff. Like I'm not trying to get all crazy and medieval on you. Um, I just mean the level of respect that you have for one another should be that of a child of God. Like we are children of the, the highest king. And so we want to respect each other and, and put forth that kind of respect, which is the best foot forward kind of thing I'm talking about. But you also want to be real. So here's what could happen. You're in the first conversation. You come to find out that he's really into sports. You absolutely hate sports. But you start to try to talk about sports like you like sports. You're like, yeah, I saw him throw that touchdown goal. And they kicked it right through the basket. It was amazing. Um, All those terms don't go together. So, uh, So don't fake anything. Like, Don't try to be somebody you're not. Be real. And then 
that will give them permission to be real with you as well. And then y'all can really get to know each other. And in that, you can be gracious with one another. Like being real and being honest enables you to also be gracious with one another. But you can also figure out if you're meant to carry on together as a couple or if you're meant to go your separate ways. And it's because you're just being gracious with each other, being honest with each other, helping each other be better. And your time together might be longer, it might be short, but you, you were respectful in the process. And so the, the break is so much less messy and it's so much less hurtful and painful when you come into it with grace and the wanting to be respectful and the wanting to be real with each other so you can actually get to know each other as you move through dating together. All right. Key number, or not key, but principle number six is to have a mentality and approach of community. Community means this. You have a certain group of people, a sphere of people. Some people have a lot. Some people have a few. But these people love you and care about you. And if you were to ask them, they would give you their opinion and their thoughts on certain things. The church is meant to do this to a degree. Your small groups and your small group leaders are meant to do this kind of stuff. Speak into your life. Speak truth into your life. Give you a a different perspective. Help you know what God's saying about the situation. And maybe help you see it from a different angle more clearly. When it comes to relationships, this kind of an opinion, this kind of community is crucial. Because when you start dating a guy, if it's going well in the first like month or so, you are completely blind to any of his faults. You won't see him. You'll be blind. You'll just have tunnel vision, and all you'll see is his perfectly coiffed hair and his piercing blue eyes. I don't know what you'll see, but you won't see any of the negative. You won't see the fact that he's completely self-centered and selfish. You won't see that. You won't see the fact that he treats people like garbage. Like, you won't see that. You'll just think, oh, he's amazing, he's so nice, and he pays for the bill when we go out. It's great. Um, so, so community, here's where it helps. That that really good friend that you know loves you and cares about you, that mom or dad that you know loves you like crazy, that small group leader that you know has your best interest at heart, those people, when they say, hey, um, I, don't, I don't know if you've noticed this, but your boyfriend, he doesn't really treat you very nice. Like, he's not super nice to you or anyone else, really. Um, so, so are you sure you really like this guy? Like, just that input is something that you weren't seeing because of just the feelings of of love and like or whatever you're in. Like, that's all you're feeling. That's all you're seeing. And so them giving you that perspective can be really helpful. But it also helps you not only in seeing that person, but also seeing you. Like, hey, you're not being very nice to him. Like, you're being kind of a jerk. Like, ease up. Um, And that perspective can help you too. Like, to have the voice of someone else wise to speak into your life is really helpful and it's something God actually encourages. When you look at Proverbs eleven fourteen, it says, The lack of guidance, um, for lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. We want many advisors in our lives, especially when it comes to dating. You want to hear people's input. Now, some of us in the room might not want to hear from mom and dad because you feel like they're biased, and they completely are. So that's accurate. Um, but That doesn't mean all their advice is bad. But you might want to ask somebody else. Um, Ask your small group leader. Ask a best friend. Ask an aunt or an uncle. Ask somebody you trust. And get their opinion. 
Let them advise you. Accept it. It's, there's wisdom in that. To just reject what everybody else says and it's just, no, he's amazing. I don't care what everyone else says. And everyone's saying he's not amazing. You should probably listen to them. There's not many reasons for them to make all that up and collectively get together and be like, we're going to sink this relationship. This is, he's horrible and I hate him. And so we're just going to wreck it all. Like People don't really do that except for in soap operas. And those are fake. So, don't ignore the input of others. Accept their counsel and be open to it. Last thing. You ready? Go into dating patiently. There's, there are relationships that I've heard of that have dated just a few times. And literally, after the second or, or, or third month, they're married. Like, it, it's a done deal. They're, like, together forever. And the marriage winds up being horrible. Because they found out more about the person later that they didn't know before they got married. And it's like, well, no, duh. You got married after three months. For some of us, that time is going to be quicker or shorter. But the idea is, over time, a person's character is revealed. Like you start to actually see who a person really is. They get to see who you really are. And so we see this principle in 1 Timothy chapter 5 towards the end there. Paul's talking to the pastor of the church saying, listen, don't be hasty in putting your hands on somebody to give them leadership. Give them time to be around you so you can really see who they are. And the same principle applies in dating. Like, don't just jump both feet in like, yes, this guy's amazing and like you're ready to get married to him just after a few dates. Like, let time reveal his character. Because in that, you'll start to see more and more who he truly is. And again, if you're going into this prayerfully and all these other things we just talked about, God's going to continue to give you insight and wisdom. If you've got your community around you and they're all like, yeah, this is, this, you guys seem to be doing great. You're, you're doing great in the relationship. They seem like a great person. And it continues on that way. And over time, you continue to see the character revealed and it seems to match up with what he says. You know that they have integrity now. Now you're starting to have a relationship that potentially can be built upon to lead into marriage. That's the kind of thing you're looking for. If over time you start to see character flaws that become bigger and bigger and bigger, then that's a nice, easy way to figure out when it's time to to part ways and to break up. And that's part of what dating exists for, is to figure that out. So go into it patiently. Don't go into it just looking like the first guy that's willing to date me. I'm just going to marry him. Um, Not that any of you think that way, but don't don't approach it just like with, uh, I'm going to do like have this be the fastest relationship ever. Don't try to set a world record, okay? It's okay to go slow and to be patient and to let things progress and you to get to know each other as, as much time as you guys need to do that. So those are seven principles to take into dating. The best, number one, most important principle ever that anyone could ever tell you is before you get into any relationship, to be fully, fully committed to your relationship to Jesus. Because that is the number one relationship that's going to enable you to have the best relationships going forward, whether it's marriage or friendships or anything else. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a middle school pastor and I'm supposed to. I genuinely believe that. And I've experienced that. To have a good, thriving, growing relationship with Jesus is going to be the best thing you could do for dating, for marriage, for any of that. So... 
Um, hopefully you guys get into some really good conversations about this in your small groups. Um, remember, tonight's the, the beginning of uh, rush registrations. But the other thing I want to tell you is this is the end of our series, but we're going to do a Q&A next week about relationships. So if we didn't tackle something you're curious about, then write it on a card that your small group leaders are going to have. Turn in your questions because those are the things we're going to talk about next Tuesday. We're going to all stay together in the big room, guys, girls, all of us all together. And we're going to answer these questions with some married couples that have been married for a while and have some experience. And so you'll hear a different perspective than just me. You'll hear theirs too. So real quick. Aside from that, if you're a first-time guest, we'd love for you to come to the first-time guest group. If not, you can go to your small groups. I'm going to pray for you, and then you all are going to head out, okay? God, thank you so much for these ladies. I just pray for them as they, whenever it is you lead them to getting into a relationship in the future, I just pray that, that some of these principles and these ideas and these verses and these things you say about relationships would affect them, affect their thoughts, affect their approach to dating And God, it would be helpful for them to experience more of you and to also uh, experience the best, healthiest relationships possible going forward. And so I pray that they have awesome conversations in their small groups tonight. I pray that every single one of them would go to Rush with us. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.